You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the E2C Network and another episode of War Horses. This is the only podcast dedicated to Auburn equestrians, so if you have an issue with the weirdo who thinks he knows something about all this equestrian stuff, you kind of have to go with it because you don't have a lot of options. Uh, Let's get right to it. I'm recording this episode after the weekend of the Auburn-Georgia meet, and I saw a lot of folks who were very upset on Twitter uh, about Auburn's performance against Georgia, but I don't know what they're talking about because we rode very well. Uh, maybe maybe they're talking about some other Georgia-Auburn event or something like that. I don't know. Um, I'm not big into highlight or whatever other sport might be going on this weekend. But So let's just talk about Auburn Equestrian and the big Georgia meet. So the weather was very yucky on Friday. Very wet. Um, was beautiful on Saturday and not so bad on Thursday. But it got real cold, real rainy and wet on Friday. So, uh, we, you know, we still had about 300 folks show up, so that was encouraging. Uh, what they had to do, because of the rain that just uh, did not stop the whole afternoon, they basically moved the equitation from the flat, out from the outside ring that they normally have that on, and they put it into the indoor, or the covered ring. What that did was it, it would slow down the whole event, uh, the whole uh, meet, because you got to stack stuff on top of each other. You can't do as many things simultaneously. So, um, that also meant, though, the good side of that was as Auburn started winning uh, all these points, that the misery that the Georgia fans had to endure uh, just got stretched out even longer. So, it's kind of like, you know, when you get called down to the principal's office, you have to make that really long walk down to the office knowing that you're in trouble. Well, Friday was Georgia's long walk. (laughs) So... Let's get right into it. The first uh, event was equitation on the flat. Now, we we rode very well in on this. Um, Most of Auburn's rides were about five points better than their Georgia counterparts. Um, About a pair of the head-to-heads were within a single uh, score point of each other. Uh, Georgia got one of those. We got one of those. But like I said, overall, we rode much better in that event, and it showed up on the scoreboard. We took that event four to one. Uh, we had uh, Junior Taylor St. Jacques. She won the MOP award for best ride in that event. So that was all underneath the um, the covered arena. I don't know if you've ever been to the Auburn uh, Equestrian Center, but they have the big ring that is covered under the big uh, um, roof there, the big metal roof. So they set up the, uh, the little uh, border, uh, white little, they're not really fences, but they're like these little guides, these border guides, because a uh, equitation on the flat ring isn't as big as what you would do in Western. So they laid that out in there. Well, then when you're done with that event, you got to break that all down, get those up, and then you got to redrag the, uh, the the dirt to get it all smooth again to get it ready for 
um, the Western Ride. So, while the uh, indoor ring was being converted to the Western Ride, uh, the action sort of moved over to the Fences Ring. Now, we have a separate ring for fences. Uh, some places don't, so they would have to set up fences inside their indoor ring as well. We've got an outside one. So, that thing was all muddy. Um, but still, you know, in these uh, weather conditions, you still got to go and still got to compete. So, you know, the rain had picked up. The temperature started dropping. I was actually talking with Sandy Williams, Coach Greg Williams' wife, and she said that, uh, yeah, we compete in the rain as long as it's not dangerous weather, just like any other um, of the NCAA sports, except, you know, baseball or tennis or something like that. Um, the biggest difference that you have with competing in inclement weather with equestrian is that... Uh, with most sports, you'll halt the, the play if lightning strikes get within about eight miles of your venue. But with equestrian, she said, and this is very interesting, they actually halt uh, the action if lightning gets within 15 miles of the equestrian event. And that is because you need a lot more time to get the horses into the barn than you would for, say, getting your athletes off of a field and just bringing them into a locker room. So, you know, humans can do that pretty quickly, but when you got a bunch of horses, you know, they're going to queue up and stack up. So you need that extra lead time. So that was an interesting thing. I did not know about that. So thank you, uh, Sandy Williams, for letting us know that. Um, so as the conditions outside, they got a little muddy out there, but you play on. Um, and I've told, I've told you before on the podcast about how nerve wracking fences can be when, uh, you know, the ladies and the horses are jumping over these fences, you get excited. I really like fences. It's, it's my favorite of the event just because of how exciting it is. Well, one of the things that's really freaky is sometimes the horse's, uh, hoof will nick the fence as it goes over. Not really knock it off, but you don't know that when you hear this crack sound, you think, oh my goodness. Um, and it's normal. It happens. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. And when it does, it freaks you out. Well, when everything's super muddy and all, you don't hear that crack and all that. What you hear instead is this sound. And so it just sounds like a bunch of elementary school students doing armpit noises as the the horses running around through the mud. So it, it goes from being nerve wracking to a little funny, actually. So uh, so that's kind of different, you know, when you're, when you're competing under these kind of weather conditions like they were. We start riding in fences, Georgia starts riding in fences, and it becomes quickly apparent that Georgia ain't going to do too well. So, like I said, we've already got a 4-1 lead uh, off of the equitation on the flat. So the scores that we start throwing out here are really good, and the scores that Georgia starts throwing out are really not as good. So any hopes that Georgia had of coming back and winning this were put out to pasture. Oh, that was a horse pun. Uh, I'll continue. You probably didn't laugh at that. Sorry. Uh, when Auburn took all five points in this event, uh, sophomore Michaela Langmire, she won MOP in fences. You probably know that name because you hear it a lot. The closest Georgia's came to winning a point at all in this event uh, was about four points different in the raw score. So, yeah, their best rider against, you know, one of ours didn't even come within four points, which is, you know, not real great. So that gave us a nine to one lead, uh, not really at the half because there was no true half, but we'll call it the half since, you know, two of the events were done. Uh, now by this time they had already started horsemanship in the, in the rink. Um, but those scores came a little bit after fences because they were uh, warming up the horses on fences because again, they have their own private rink over there and, and setting up horsemanship took a little bit. So, uh, the fences scores came out. Normally your, your, your horsemanship scores would have come second, but, and that would have been your half. Um, but like I said, the weather through that, 
that a little bit off schedule. So horsemanship was going on at that same time over in the court in the uh, covered ring. Now we did give up um, a couple of uh, points in this event. We still won three to two, but they did take two. Uh, the the Raw point totals were a little bit closer, you know, relative to some of these other events where we were just blowing them out. Uh, but you could still tell that Auburn was better. Uh, this was not a case where even in those two points we gave up, I mean, we were still very close to these ladies. So uh, we could have easily, you know, done even better than 3-2 in that event. Um, in fact, we had the MOP rider in this event, too. Uh, junior Deanna Green won the MOP award for her ride, so War Eagle to her. And with that, uh, with the end of horsemanship, we had basically accumulated an insurmountable lead that guaranteed, we were up 12-3 at this point, guaranteed we were going to win the day. But you don't want to just win. You want to win big. So we all waited as the uh, ring got prepped again for the final event, uh, raining. Now, uh, one cool thing, when they're prepping the event, basically what they do is they pick up all the cones and flags or whatever that they put out as markers. Because uh, when you're doing your patterns, uh, you don't have to do it completely from memory. They, you, I mean, you mostly do it from memory. But they do have these marker pylons uh, set off. Uh, to the side, so you kind of know, you know, on the scale of where you should be in the pattern and stuff like that. Well, they pull those up, and then they send out a tractor that's uh, pulling this uh, flat drag rake out behind it, and it smooths out the surface of the dirt and gets it nice and pristine, ready for the next event. And it's really funny because, you know, everything stops, and you just watch this tractor come out and, you know, go all around the rink, back and forth, back and forth, and it kind of reminds you of a Zamboni machine in hockey. Only in equestrian, we don't call it a Zamboni, we, let's call it a Zamponi. So, yeah, that's pretty nice. I came up with that. Ooh, trademark Auburn Elvis. Anyway, uh, just as the men's basketball game was starting up, and we got to see that because they had it on some of the monitors there in the lounge, that's when we uh, began the raining ride. So, we were, again, the better team than Georgia here. Uh, some of the head-to-heads were a little close in the raw scores, but we still won it 4-1. to one. We gave up one point, but we got four. Um, so, you know, close is really relative. I mean, we, we pretty much spanked them in this event, too. So, uh, we were never really in danger of being shown up uh, by the Bulldogs. The only mystery here was uh, who the MOP rider was going to be, because uh, Georgia did have a couple of rides that were pretty good in this event in raining. Now, obviously, we did too um but um but you know they they always still have a chance of maybe getting the mop whenever they get a point so fortunately that was not going to happen auburn's junior uh auburn junior terry june june granger was awarded the uh mop uh, best ride in this event so even with the less than ideal weather it was uh hugely satisfying for auburn to you know notch this big uh win going away against our biggest rival in the sport now uh actually as the meet was was still going on things were winding down and you know we knew we had won at this point I actually got a chance to chat with head coach Greg Williams about the meet and what's next for Auburn in the winter break so I think we'll play that for you here and you can listen to how that interview went so coach you just came off of a big road victory it was a tough one uh, against a tough opponent what did you have to do to get ready for this big rivalry meet against Georgia today? Well, they've been riding really well, and uh, you know you don't have to get them up for this meet. This is a big SEC meet. I mean, it has been feeding off the football game tradition since we first started uh, this tradition of playing the you know the night before football games. 
but you know most of the big national championships most of our SEC championships has come down to battles between Auburn and Georgia so we didn't have uh, any problem about getting getting them up for this meet and the riding's been good so we really just kind of wanted to keep them in the uh, same pattern they've been in if possible and you know they jumped on them jumped on them hard and fast today which is exactly what we talked about last night I said, I kind of want you to come out like an underdog because they're going to come at you hard with nothing to lose. I said, so we're not going to sit back and play safe and, and try to protect a win. I want you to just go wide open right right off the bat and uh, be the first one to strike. After this meet's over, uh, you get a little bit of some off time. Uh, what right. uh, what do, are you going to be doing over these next few months before the, the meets start up again in January? Well, they'll still be able to ride. They'll still have you know a couple workouts and then um, – we get a lot of uh, what I call infrastructure work. We get to do uh, a lot of work here on the facilities. We get to do catch up a lot of office work, planning for the next season. We'll run a couple clinics, got national coaches meetings to go to. So we got quite a bit to do before we actually get to the actual Christmas holiday. And those uh, that next meet coming up is out in California, is that correct? Correct. I guess that'll be our first one. It'll be uh, UC Davis and Fresno. So okay. So looking forward to that. Got a lot of time to... Uh, hopefully let these girls decompress a little bit. We run a pretty run a pretty tough program, and they, they've pushed hard, so uh, they deserve a little time off. So, as you heard, this Auburn squad, even though they had just come off of a great pair of road victories against SMU and Texas A&M, uh, had no trouble getting focused and getting ready to ride against uh, this Georgia team. And while the weather was not good, both teams had to compete in it just the same, and Auburn showed that they are number one. And that there is also probably a very big yawning gap between them and the next best team in the sport. Uh, Speaking of which, let's talk about some of those next best teams. Um, There were some other meets going on around the sport. Uh, UT Martin, you know them, we we rode against them uh, right out of the gates this season. They went over to South Carolina and they lost uh, 4-15. So the Gamecocks, SEC team, they're strong. Uh, UT Martin, smaller school, not, you know, doesn't have the resources that these SEC schools do. Put up a good fight, you know, took a couple of points. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, they, they fell overall on the day. They uh, took four points and then tied on another one. Uh, out west, uh, way out west, out in the uh, Sunshine State. No, that's Florida. I'm talking the Golden State. That's that's California. Uh, Fresno State won uh, at UC Davis, which is a little interesting because, you know, Fresno State is great at home, not so great away from home. Well, you know, UC Davis ain't that far from Fresno. So uh, they went over there, won 12-7. to 7. So uh, the Bulldogs did real well against uh, UC Davis. Not real sure what their mascot is. Going to have to look that up. But they won 12-7. to 7. Kind of close. You know, UC, UC Davis shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be too uh, disappointed about that. But Fresno uh, won. Good for them, Bulldogs. So that was really the only other action going on this weekend. There'll be some more meets coming up, uh, I think, next week. But for right now, uh, let's go into the rankings. Now, one thing that's interesting is by the time you listen to this, a new set of rankings may come out. Uh, Also, the action that we had this weekend is going to affect these rankings. So these are the old rankings, okay? These are not the the most up-to-date rankings, or they may not be. Uh, And they're subject to change because, you know, we just had some meets that are going to affect them. So, obviously, I'm going to give you a second. Guess who's number one? 
Well, you ain't got to take a second. You should be instantly. You should know. It's Auburn. We're number one. We're uh, undefeated. The only undefeated in the program, uh, undefeated program in the sport right now. We've got a big 7-0 record, and uh, nobody else does. So we're number one. Number two, as of last week, was Georgia. They might fall a little bit because not only did they lose, they didn't look very good at all against Auburn. Number three is Oklahoma State. Now, we've already ridden against them, so, you know. What you gonna do? Uh, number four, South Carolina. Well, we rode against them, beat them too. So I don't know if you're gonna move them up or who. What you gonna do? Because again, number five is Texas A&M, a team we also beat. So uh, two, three, four, and five, we've all ridden against, and we've all beat. We beat every single one of them. So I don't know what they're gonna do um, as far as who's gonna be higher than them, but. Again, that's your ranking so far. Uh, number six is Fresno State, who I just talked about. They won, so they're going to either stay there or move up. Uh, TCU is number seven. They didn't do nothing this week. That's all right. Number eight is SMU. Moving on down, UT Martin is number nine. Now, they lost, but they lost to a team that was better than them, so I don't know. They might move down uh, because number 10 is Baylor. Uh, Baylor didn't do anything this week, but the rankings people like to move people around just for no particular reason, so we'll see what happens by the time you listen to this. Those rankings will probably be a little bit different. I have my own personal opinion, but this time I'm going to I'm gonna sit on those. I'm going to wait until after we've had uh, all of the meets in this fall part of the schedule, and then I'm going to take a look and, and tell you how the rankings should be it's not going to be necessarily what the farnham people uh rankings for the ncea they do official rankings there um my rankings will be more accurate uh as to how good these teams actually are but i'm gonna wait and give you those later not today some other day transitioning back over to the Auburn experience and just how cool that is I'm kind of in a unique position here and so one of the things I like to do with the podcast is not just give you the you know the rundown of how things went because you can get that anywhere but what I like to do is kind of give you that Auburn Elvis perspective um, because I am new to the sport I'm coming into it and I know some of y'all are new as well and you're thinking, hey, what's all this a questioning about? Because I was used to be thinking, hey, what's all this a questioning about? And now that I'm getting into it, I'm like, hey, here's what it's all about. So there's all these little details and, and little angles and perspectives of the sport that you might not necessarily know about. And I've kind of experienced some of them. So I just want to kind of clue you in on some of those. Now, if you'll remember earlier uh, in an earlier podcast, I talk about when you go to an Auburn equestrian meet at Auburn, um, it's really kind of like a garden party. It's set up. It's a nice facility. It's this fancy place. You're going and you're enjoying uh, the time with a bunch of friends. You're eating. You're drinking. Having a good time while all these athletes perform uh, and do these great athletic achievements. Well, uh, this weekend, I actually uh, had access to the Heritage Club Lounge uh, during the meet. Now, for those of y'all who don't know, the Heritage Club is... um, the uh, main way that the equestrian program raises money. Uh, They try to be independently funded so that they're not a financial drain on the university, and the Heritage Club is the main fundraising arm for Auburn Equestrian. Um, If you have experience with some of the other sports, I know with my folks, they were longtime um, scholarship donors to the men's basketball program, so they had tickets on the other side of Auburn Arena um, over there uh, where the TV cameras are set up, not on the student side, you know, where all the, the normal people sit. Um, my folks had tickets over there and out behind those seats is a lounge area with lots of tables and there's food and drinks and popcorn and all kinds of stuff. And that's included with your ticket. And so you're a donor to the program. And so you get these, these special perks.
perks like that. Well, the, the, the Heritage Club Lounge at Equestrian is that same sort of thing. Uh, and there's all kinds of different levels of uh, support you can do in the Heritage Club. Some get you access into the lounge, some don't. Um, but actually, even if you're not one of those higher tier members, you can still purchase access uh, to the lounge at the day of the meet. Uh, you know, you just have to, you know, shell out some money right there as opposed to, you know, writing a check before the season or whatever. But um, even if you're not a member, you you know, it, it's still cool just to go and know what it's all about. Uh, the day, you know, we were there on, on Friday, uh, not only is it kind of like a kind of like a garden party, it really was. They had like a dude there, uh, a musician, a singer guy you know, singing, some guy from uh, Lake Martin, I believe is where he's from, singing songs, and he was our musical act while we were eating and watching Equestrian, so we had live entertainment as well, so it really was like a party, it was pretty cool, um, and so of course, you know, you can mill around, talk to people, meet all these people, a lot of them are parents of, of the athletes, and so it was really cool, get to, to get to meet everybody, and of course, we were staying warm and dry, unlike, you know, all the commoners out there in the mud, um, actually, you're not really in the mud. If you're, I don't want to give you that impression. If you go to an Auburn Equestrian meet, and even if it's raining, it, the the covered thing is big enough that they have bleachers and everything set up so that you're well out of the rain. So you're you're not gonna get rained on if you're at Auburn Equestrian. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool and fancy, and you get to hang out with the fancy people for the for the afternoon. It's really nice, uh, and the the lounge is set up as you would expect. It's in the middle of the three uh, different rings where you would have competition. Now we didn't use one of them because of the rain, but we're still in the middle of the other two. So you could look out one set of windows and see the rides on the um, on the fences side, or you could look out the other side and you could see everything going on in the uh, covered arena for the uh, the flat, the horsemanship and the uh the raining that was going on so it was just, it was really nice and especially on a day where the weather wasn't so nice uh it was nice to be inside the lounge so um just you know kind of letting you know what what sort of uh things are going on there at an equestrian meet now another thing that's kind of special about auburn equestrian and if you've been listening to uh if you're a regular listener to this podcast you'll recall that i have been on a bit of a crusade lately just talking about the different mop gifts that these schools give out to the best riders in every event uh now for you georgia fans out there mop stands for most outstanding participant which i understand if you don't know what that means because it has been a while since you guys have won any of those uh but if you go to any of these meetings uh, you'll see that what you do is you have the best rider in each of the uh, events and it's tradition to give them some sort of a gift, you know, because, you know, they might not always be on the winning team. And so you like to recognize their their outstanding performance. Now, uh, one of the, the thing that, that sort of uh, most of these schools will give away is flowers. In fact, that's kind of like the, the default. You know, you would get some flowers and you would give them to the, to the uh, athletes and that would be their, their little gift. But flowers are not the most practical gift, especially if you think about some of these teams are going to be flying in. Now, Georgia did not fly in. They, they drove over. But, you know, if we host a team like, um, uh, let's see, our next uh, home opponent, I think, is Baylor. So Baylor is going to fly in from Texas. So if we were to give them flowers, well, you know, they would end up throwing them away because the next day they got to fly back home. So that's not a super practical gift. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the default standard and you do that and that's fine. But what a lot of schools are trying to do is get away from that or give something that's maybe more of a keepsake, something that you could hold on to as an athlete that you would have to, to sort of symbolize that that achievement. Because, again, in a lot of these schools, you know, winning MOP ain't, ain't, 
ain't ain't normal for them. I mean, at Auburn, you know, our riders win MOP a lot, but at some of these smaller schools or other programs, it's a it's a big deal. It's a super big deal because you know, especially if they do it against Auburn, didn't happen this week, but it does happen sometimes. Um, so you want to recognize that achievement with something that you know would be kind of a keepsake that they would hold on to. Now, a lot of what you do or see of these other schools do is they'll give away a ribbon or a medal, and it's engraved, not really with the athlete's name, but with the the event that they won in. But, you know, it's something you could probably go and order in bulk online or something. Um, But, you know, at Auburn, we try to be a little bit, you know, better than everybody else uh and we have the you know resources to do some things um or if we you know not necessarily resource we have the i guess the motivation and the vision to do uh things that are better and so recently i have been talking and working with uh director of operations morgan mcquay name drop uh to see if we could do something a little better than you know just some medal you could get from uh boring equestrian com. Uh, so I went out and I designed a custom, uh, fabric pattern. I had some custom fabric printed up. Uh, there, there are sites you can go to or places you can go to and get custom fabric printed and, uh, you order it and they send it to you. And so I used that and I sewed together four, uh, orange and blue stick horses. Now, uh, that's not, you know, that's, that's cool and that's special, but that ain't special enough for Auburn Equestrian. So, in addition to that, I also uh, 3D printed a bunch of these little gold accent buckles and little things that you would uh, put onto the horse's tack that, you know, make it look like little metals and all the bling that you have on the horse tack uh, when you see an actual horse do stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I designed those, 3D printed them, and some gold uh, filament, you know, it's it's not actual gold metal, it's gold colored plastic filament, but it still, it looks it's shiny and it's awesome. Um, so I did all that put all that together so uh these stick horses now actually i want to jump off here and say some of y'all have been calling these stick horses hobby horses and i just want to say that is wrong you need to call them stick horses that is the correct term hobby horses are something else stick horses are these things where it's a horse head that's stuffed and there's a stick in it Ta-da! stick horses uh so these stick horses are all one of a kind or Four of a kind, really, since I'm making four of them. And you cannot get in these anywhere else. And the, since the fabric is custom uh, designed, custom printed, on the um, on the snout of the horse on top there, I was able to put the Auburn and the Georgia logo and the date because, of course, you know, you get this horse and, hey, it's Auburn versus Georgia. It's that, that Auburn-Georgia meet. And so it's a real keepsake. So at the end of the meet, the way it works is uh, you line up both teams, them on this side, us on that side, and all in a line facing one another. And then the announcer announces who the MOP uh, riders were in each of the events. And then when the, the lady's name gets called out, she runs down the line, comes down to the end where this person is standing with all these stick horses, and she gets the one that's for her event. One Another cool thing is um, I had it printed out so that the little uh, the the strap that goes across the top of the snout actually has a little uh, metal that says MOP uh, for fences or raining or whatever the event was. So you know you got to make sure you give the right one to the right girl. That all happened properly, so that was awesome. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. Uh, we've actually done this twice now. We started this at Ole Miss, and it was such a success. We said, hey, can we do this for Georgia? And Georgia was our big rival, so we said, well, yeah, we got to do it for Georgia. 
Georgia. So, you know, we got all this done and we did it for that. So that's just something else that's really cool about Auburn. Uh, everything is custom uh, that we're doing. And so here's one cool thing that um, uh, not a lot of people know. This is a little special something that I did. Uh, since we're designing the fabric ourselves and getting it custom printed, we have a lot of control of what it is. And I thought, well, hey, instead of just your typical orange or blue paisley uh, pattern in, in the fabric, why not get a little more fancy with it? And so I, I did. And basically, uh, I didn't even tell the equestrian folks I was doing this beforehand. I took all of the uh, Auburn equestrian athletes' names and I worked those into the pattern in the fabric. So if you're one of the riders out there, uh, look on your horse, look at it closely, and you will see the names of all the, uh, the Auburn athletes. Uh, in the fabric itself. So along with that paisley pattern, you can find your name somewhere on there, and that's wonderful. So uh, just a little Easter egg that uh, I didn't tell people about beforehand, but yeah, just something extra to make it special that, you know, hey, that's that's just cool. It's part of the reason that, you know, Auburn is so special. And so I guess to jump off of this onto another tangent, <laughs> there's no easy way to say this, but um, with how special these stick horses are, I'm assuming a lot of y'all are now thinking, hey, I would like one of those. But this is the part where I tell you that I am not really a seamstress or anything. I do, I'm super creative and I make a lot of cool stuff, but this isn't really something I'm looking to make into a side business or anything. Um, but I will say, you know, if you sew or if you have a seamstress on retainer or something, uh, and now you might laugh at that, but I have started meeting some of you at the equestrian uh, events, and it would not surprise me if some of y'all did have personal seamstresses or tailors. Uh, so if y'all got that, uh, I am totally willing to give you the digital files of the fabric and the 3D printed uh, access, you know, uh, uh, accents and things, and you can totally get your own made. That would be cool with me. You know, I'll do that for free because this whole stick horse idea kind of came about because I was just thinking how cool it would be if Auburn had these, maybe if they sold them as merchandise items at the meet. And I could just envision, you know, what if we had all these little fans running around and going up to the riders after the meets with, you know, their stick horses and, and getting them autographed by the riders. To me, that would just be so cool. And so if we ever get to that day where we are selling stick horses at the meets and, you know, I would just love that. To me, that is where this idea has truly, um, you know, uh, become a reality is if we ever get to that day. So yeah, uh, I came up with this idea and it's not really something I feel comfortable making money off of or anything. So if you want to get your own made, I'll help you do that, but it's not really something I'm, I'm looking to take on as a responsibility or anything like that. So Going back, you know, we got a little off topic there, but going back to, uh, I'm going to use this to segue back into Auburn Equestrian. This actual, the story of the stick horses and all that is another example of why Auburn Equestrian is so special. Now, Auburn Equestrian is a legitimate athletic program, but it is also very accessible to us as fans. And it is very hard to balance those two things at a major university. If you think about um, some of the more marquee sports, sports, 
football, basketball, baseball, things like that. Those are legitimate athletic programs, but because of the size and scope of those programs, it is it is very they're just not as accessible as other sports. Um, like if you think about it, there is no way that I could have walked up to Bruce Pearl while Auburn was just pounding the heck out of poor Northridge and said, "Hey, uh, Bruce, would you talk into my phone for a few minutes while I ask you some questions?" And uh, oh yeah, don't mind this Elvis costume. I mean, you know, you just can't do that. But with equestrian you can do that you can do things like that it is a legitimate athletic program at auburn but it has not lost touch with the average fan the coaches and the athletes are all very approachable so if you have things you want to talk to them about uh things you like or maybe you don't about the whole experience you could totally do that you know you don't have all these layers and layers of this bureaucracy that you have to go through you can make those personal connections with them uh just like you were walking up to that dude or some lady down at your coffee shop it is really neat and i just love that and uh, of course, with all that, you know, you put to that together with uh, the nationally dominant athletic performances that we keep turning out that, you know, where we embarrass even the supposed second best team in the country. Well, that that ain't bad either. <laughs> so uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, one more thing, just because Auburn's portion of the fall equestrian season is over, I think I'm going to do one more podcast before the end of the year. Uh, There are a few more teams that are competing next week, so I'd like to give you all a final update on the fall season at large, let you know how far behind everybody else is from Auburn. Spoiler, it's a lot. Uh, So I'll do that, and I'll maybe share a few more experiences that I've had um, with Auburn Equestrian. So... Thank you very much for listening to this episode of War Horses. Auburn is 7-0 and so far this season, and we are riding a 28-game winning streak that stretches all the way back to 2017 SEC Championships. So, life is good, y'all. War Eagle and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?